So, you know, I bought a, like a camping chair for, you know, like one of those foldable camping chairs yeah. with a little, with like foldable footstool. And I'm just going to fucking sit out on my concrete, <laughs> like driveway area in front of all of my neighbors, half clothed. I'm just going to chill out there. Get some, get that vitamin D on my skin. Yeah. Make it a vibe. Yeah. It's going to, they're going to be jealous. A big, lush, pink, puffy robe and big giant sunglasses or something yeah some sort of martini yeah and then just to switch it up keep a whistle around your neck and then just like blow it randomly (laughs) (laughs) i'll blow it every time i need a new drink and then i'll just like pick one i'll just pick one out of the cooler that's next to me (laughs) Uh, uh, all of a sudden i'm hammered and just like Blink, blink, ding, bling. Ding, 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 Welcome, welcome to Hoya Podcast. <laughs> hey, Amy, how are you? Hi, Jackie. I'm okay. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, what do you what do you want? Honestly, I, I mean, I'm verging on diving into a deep hole of depression, but uh, you know, but uh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Dancing on the very edge, and I'm like kind of doing cartwheels. I'm being very risky about it, and everyone's just <laughs> like, "Don't do that!" I'm just like, "That's what they fucking do." <laughs> Whatever. What a joke. A beer in each hand. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I um, I've been the only thing that's stopping me from fully doing a a face face plant into despair is exercise and i hate that that's the only thing i hate that that is the only thing that helps yes i hate i hate that as well and it it really can make the difference between if i just get one solid run in on sunday it's the difference between me feeling meh throughout the week and then just my brain fully like not working anymore and I can't respond to simple questions. <laughs> I know it's, it is ridiculous, but it's the only thing because, you know, I can't drink all day long and, and that's my natural inclination. I mean, yesterday, so yesterday I uh, started, I pressure washed my tiny little concrete stoop that I have. It's what, I mean, like five foot by three. Nice. But I was bored as fuck. <laughs> so I asked. <laughs> And I got a beautiful new plant. And I was like, all right, this plant is gorgeous. And my concrete slab is disgusting. I need to clean this. So I borrowed a pressure washer from my cousin. And I started doing it. And it was like 11 a.m. And I was like, yeah, I could have like a beer. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, this is what people do when they pressure wash. You, you drink a beer. And I was like, Amy, no, for the love of God, because your entire day, it was like a Wednesday, your entire day <laughs> is just going to like devolve into you just being shit hammered by 6 p.m. So just don't do it. <laughs> and that's yeah, pretty much every day. Like, I could have a beer with lunch, right? <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> I know. I think about that, too. If I didn't have to work with children and their parents, I, I would be very easy for me to <laughs> like, why? Why not? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> it's been OK. I, I feel I don't feel too, too crazy, but I I don't know if I I think I mentioned this to you. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I've been noticing that I've been putting my underwear on inside out more and more (laughs) you didn't mention this to me at all (laughs) well I noticed that I was like that's odd this keeps happening it's happening more and more and it's still happening only now not only is my underwear inside out it's backwards and some of my shirts are backwards too I don't understand why (laughs) 
Jackie. I think something's happening. <laughs> oh my God. You're just giving yourself front wedgies. <laughs> like, a, like a full camel toe and kind of choking yourself because whenever you put on a shirt backwards, you get a little bit choked. Yeah. <laughs> something's, something's off. Something's off. <laughs> I swear I'm putting the underwear on the right way, but like underwear gnomes of some sort are changing it when I'm not paying attention. That's what's happening. Yeah. So thank God the ass of my underwear. I mean, they're massive, so I, I'll never put them on backwards. Inside out, that could happen, but backwards, no. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I don't know how that. It's like putting uh, the wrong shoe on the wrong foot. You're like yeah. something. My foot is inside of this, but this isn't right. <laughs> That's how it, this whole isolation feels. I'm inside of this, but it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I know. Everything <laughs> looks the same. But I don't know if it is. Yeah, I'm peeing <laughs> myself and putting my underwear on wrong. <laughs> <sighs> so we're doing great. We're thriving. Yeah. I'm excited to get into this episode. This is a, there's a lot to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Many layers, many layers here that I don't know if I am qualified to talk about, but I'm going to. So, yes. And you're all going to listen. I guess we should say hi to all of you. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> hi! Hi, little shugs. How are you doing? We hope you're doing great, honestly. I bet a lot of them were doing kind of okay until they heard how depressed and <laughs> full of pee-pee we are. <laughs> or maybe they're just like, oh my god, me too! <laughs> yeah. They're like, I thought I was doing fine, but eh, maybe I'm not. <laughs> or like, at least I'm not putting on my underwear backwards and inside out. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. Are they at least clean? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't be all offended. <laughs> you think I'm putting dirty, soiled underwear back in my drawer? How soiled are we talking here? Yeah. <laughs> Extremely soiled. <laughs> I'm peeing myself. <sighs> At least it's only it's only number one, okay? Yeah, it's just number one. So I guess it's not that soiled. God. No, no. <laughs> Extremely soiled is uh, a little too far. <laughs> so it is clean. So I guess I guess I'm doing okay after all. You're doing great, sweetie. Thank you. All right. Shout outs. Shit. Shout, shout outs. Okay. So I uh, am giving a shout out to a follower on Instagram named Sarah. And Sarah's Instagram name is... It's spelled S-A-R underscore B-E-A-R 1017. And I, we've seen her name pop up from time to time. And um, we always <laughs> refer to her as Sar Bear, which I always thought was kind of like an interesting name. Like what, Sars? Like Sars Bear? But apparently apparently it's pronounced Sare, as in Sarah, Sare. So it's like Sare Bear, which is cute. Uh- Joy. Yeah. <laughs> but she just, I mean, listen, everyone knows. I, I don't know how to say anyone's name. So <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't gotten more messages. But uh, she sent us a really nice message. And it just says, uh, first off, I just love you guys. Thank you. Your podcast really makes me feel like I'm hanging out with my actual friends. This was true before the quarantine, but even more so now. Your senses of humor are just, and it's two emojis doing uh, like a okay hand, and I just thought that was really nice. And then she goes on to politely and gently let us know it's it's Sarah Bear, it, like <laughs> I guess like Care Bear. Yeah, she says it's Sarah Bear. You fucking idiots. Oh. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> she did say it's Sarah Bear. You dumb cunts. <laughs> right. That's it. 
which I thought was a little aggressive. But <laughs> she said she does say this is by no means a complaint. Keep up the great work, my hoes. <laughs> I know, that made me laugh really hard when I read that. <laughs> I love your banter and tangents just as much as the King of the Hill content. So yeah, keep that up too. So thank you, Sarah Bear. <laughs> thank you very much. She did not call us a cunt, by the way. We were kidding. <laughs> no, it was implied. You yeah. could tell. Yep. So I have one um, from Swoot. So Swoot is a podcast app, and here's a little description about it. It says, Swoot is the podcast app where you get to see what your friends are listening to. Whether you're new to podcasts or a longtime listener, Swoot is the best way to discover podcasts you love and share them with friends. So almost like social media podcast sharing. So um, they shared us on Facebook um, and said, we made it to Friday and we suggest going into the weekend listening to the Ladies of Ho Yeah podcast recap 90s, 2000s Fox offering King of the Hill. If the spirit moves you, watch along with them on Hulu. So that was pretty awesome. Whoa, what? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's so nice. I know. It was awesome. So thank you so much to Swoot. And if any of you guys use Swoot, I'd like to hear about it and your, you know, your, your thoughts on it. Cause I do like the idea of having a podcast app where you can kind of see what like friends are listening to, because how many times do people post on their Facebook? Anybody have any podcast recommendations? But then this way you can kind of just see what other people are listening to, right? So you can just kind of be like, oh, that looks interesting. Click it, see the description and go from there. Yeah, that's much easier. I I don't know what it is about. If anyone asks for recommendations, that's perfectly fine and normal. But something about the way a lot of people do it on Facebook makes me kind of annoyed and there's no reason for it but a lot of people will do that thing where they'll be like uh podcast recommendations and go <laughs> like all of a sudden everyone on facebook is just like turning and looking in the same direction and just like running to their phones oh my god <laughs> recommendations and go it's like ah. patreon we got nothing because you don't support us anymore no. <laughs> just kidding we have to give them more uh more tasties yeah we gotta get a little tasty doodle which we've got a little a little snacky coming up from jackie and also me (laughs) (laughs) and also me (laughs) (laughs) so we are going to post our season two recap whenever that happens i'm not quite sure when (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is going to be a patreon exclusive so we will make sure to let everybody know when it's up there but in the meantime there is nothing else going on i cannot think of one single thing that's going on nope not a dang are you ready yes are you ready for this peggy's turtle song season two episode 22 Air date, May 10th, 1998. We open on Bobby eating a bowl of sugar slash cereal for breakfast before school. Uh, Peggy comes rushing in. She's running late for, she's going to be substitute teaching a field trip. And she tells Bobby, I I don't have any time to uh, cook you any breakfast. So please just here, make sure you eat two bowls of cereal. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And Bobby's like, can do. (laughs) So Bobby gobbles down his two bowls of sugary cereal. And as he's like, you can tell that he's like getting real amped up on the sugar. Like he punches the cereal box and (laughs) does like these fun twirls as he's putting it away. Hank comes in and asks, now, did your mother have time to cook you breakfast uh, before she left today? And Bobby seizing the opportunity is like, nope, sure didn't. And Hank, instead of picking up a fucking spatula, says, oh, God, Peggy. <laughs> he says, make sure you eat a bowl of cereal. And then he looks at it. He's like, ew, what is that oatmeal? You better put a bunch of sugar on that. <laughs> Which Bobby <That's>, does. <laughs> yeah. My mom did the same thing. She'd give me a frosted flakes. And then I just thought it was normal to put sugar on top of it. <laughs> and a lot of other sugary cereals. I don't think we, I think we had, oh, we had Raisin Bran. Ew! I know, I know. Infuriating. It is disgusting. Like I just didn't eat breakfast. I was like, man, fuck you, mom. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not eating this shit. I'll go to school and get the breakfast there that is like French toast and chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had free breakfast at my school and it was just the warmest, the greasiest donut that came in its own little bag and you'd open it up and it would like yes. slide and plop out <laughs> and then you'd eat it and you'd be like passed out in half an hour. Ugh, so good. So good. Mm, yum, 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 yum. So uh, Bobby has the equivalent of that donut and also the French bread and chocolate milk for his breakfast. Harriet. Oh my goodness. Please be quiet. <gasps> Mom Harriet. is recording. Is she okay? She's fine. She has something to say. She doesn't have anything to say. <laughs> She's had an hour alone and she doesn't like it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right <clears throat> at school bobby is like he's tweaking he's off the charts sugar high he's bouncing around in his chair he's hyperactive he's interrupting the teacher he's just being a nuisance and she's like all right you gotta get out of here go to the nurse's office something's wrong with you the nurse uh incorrectly died well maybe incorrectly she diagnoses bobby with attention deficit disorder and this was what back in the 90s. And this was like all the, the rage where like all these kids were getting diagnosed with it. And people were like really freaked out about Ritalin and the medication for ADHD or ADD. So I kind of like that little look into it where it, and it, it's interesting to me that a school nurse is like he has it. He needs pills. And it was just instantly done. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, kind of put off by that because I've worked in schools and at least nowadays, it's like you don't even whisper ADHD if you suspect a child has it. Because I think if you, if anyone suspects it and, and suggests it to the parents, a lot of school districts have to pay for the evaluation, which now is uh, like a, a full neuropsych eval. It's mm -hmm. like very expensive, very long. So no one even dares whisper it. So I was like, that's not how that works. But I will say that is very much how it was back in the 90s. I mean, that's that's how I first got diagnosed. It was just kind of like a librarian, like, oh, she looks like she's distracted. <laughs> Ritalin! I was on, I was on <laughs> Ritalin before I knew it. <laughs> did, you, did you have the same effects as Bobby or did it help? Uh, I don't, the Ritalin was a, a weird experience because uh, I was in elementary school and I remember being put on it and then going to see the doctor maybe a week or two later and the doctor just simply asked how's it working for you and I was just like a little kid I was like I don't know and he's no. like well do you notice a difference and I was like I don't think so and so he just like upped it and that happened like one t more time so that the <laughs> dosage just kept getting up oh and then I just remember at being at home and trying to do homework and then going into the living room and standing in front of my mom she was watching tv and i was just like i feel bad and then i just started crying <laughs> so i went off of it but i will say i got a more formal diagnosis in high school like an actual neuropsych and it mm -hmm. was <laughs> confirmed <laughs> i did have it and i was put on adderall and that experience was kind of similar to what bobby really i just remember the med Kicking in in class, and all of a sudden, I was just like, <laughs> "This is it. This is happening." It's interesting. I um, yeah, I was never on. I, I mean, I, I've I've never been di diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, but you know, we. I know people who have, and I've we at my job we see a kid, lot of kids who have it, so. But because we do evaluations and that ends up being a diagnosis sometimes, I know that it takes so much more than just a nurse with a pamphlet. <laughs> She's like, well, they don't have the high quality pamphlets that I do. So <laughs> I know. And the way she talks about it, too, she was just like, your son has it and he's probably had it for a long time and he's going to have to go on medication. Like you don't have the authority to recommend that's outside of your scope school nurse you can't recommend medication and then he hank was just like isn't there a surgery or something for it and she's like it's either medication or he has to go to a special school i know right he's had no problems previously and yeah now he has to go to like a special school oh my god 
yeah she's even like does he does he can he button his own shirt right like the i love the range of just how they view adhd Later on, Peggy and Hank are talking about it, and she just feels so guilty because she thinks that, you know, this is my fault. I I should, a mother's love should be, I should always be there for my child, blah, blah, blah. Hank says, well, you know, they do call it attention deficit disorder, so maybe he hasn't been getting enough attention from you. if if anyone's a neglectful parent in this situation it's hank he's not neglectful in any means but if we're going to be calling people neglectful it's hank at least emotionally so you know peggy she's just feeling guilty and she's like well i don't know sometimes i think i should just like quit my job and focus on being a mother and hank is immediately like old-fashioned old-school family morals this sounds really great to me so he's he kind of pushes her towards it and he's like it's a good idea i'm into it and kind of convinces peggy to do it next thing you know peggy has quit her job and now she's committed to be a full full-time stay-at-home mom which is fine if you want to be a stay-at-home mom more power to you but peggy whatever we'll get it okay never mind all right yeah that's not what this situation is the next day we're at the breakfast table peggy with in true uh self-distancing isolation spirit (laughs) has baked a spread of a breakfast because she has so much extra time on her hand. (laughs) So she makes this big breakfast. She's also made muffins. She has all this extra time. Bobby finally takes his first pill. And then we cut to Bobby on the bus and Joseph's with him. And he's like, do you feel it? And he's like, starting to. (laughs) And Bobby just gets totally zombified. Time slows down. He can like see the beating of a, of a fly's wings. He's able to count the ridges on checkers, you know, no problem. But we also, you know, at the same time we see Bobby, he's kind of in the stupor. Peggy is doing all these things. She's, she's meeting with other stay at home moms. She's trying to keep herself busy, but she's quickly like falling into boredom very fast. Yeah. Later that evening, everybody's at home and they're playing checkers and Hank walks in and he's like, oh, look at this, a family game night. <laughs> Ugh. Oh. So boring. <laughs> God, he is unbearable this episode. Oh, thank you. He really is. I know that he learns his lesson and it's not really about... Does he? He does, kind of. And it's not really about him specifically. Like he's... Okay, we'll get into that later. Anyway. I do agree that he's unbearable. Thank you. I do agree with that. I think I also wrote that down, actually. (laughs) So Hank sees them playing family game night, whatever. They're playing fucking checkers. Boring. And he's like, I think I might get out the guitar and we can have a family sing along. (laughs) So, God, so embarrassing. (laughs) So he pulls out old Betsy and he's like, oh, well, before he pulls out old old Betsy, he's like, I got to get some new strings for her. I'm going to go to the store. And Peggy's like, you're leaving? (sighs) Which is, again, how all of us feel right now. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, you're leaving. Let's go. Let's go. And she's before Hank can even respond. She's already in the car honking the horn. Like, let's get the fuck out (laughs) of this house (laughs) at the music store. Peggy's kind of, you know, looking around at all sorts of stuff. Hank is talking to the store owner. I believe his name is Earl. And they're talking about, you know, Hank's telling him, oh, yeah, we love this. You know, we are so happy about this. And he even the store owner, he says, I didn't take Peggy as a stay at home kind of woman, you know. And he's like, oh, she is. Shut up. We love it. (laughs) Oh, God. That makes me so mad. He is. Oh my God, he's so mad. Okay. <laughs> Peggy sees that there are, uh, there's a flyer for guitar lessons. So she thinks, I've got insane amounts of time on my hand. Why don't I give it a try? So Peggy gets in touch with Emily, who is going to be her new uh, guitar teacher. We see Peggy over at Emily's apartment, and it's very pro choice, clearly. It's decorated very yeah. pro choice. <laughs> Uh, there's like a feminist symbol necklace hanging up. There's, you know, uh, the rainbow flag is around there. She's got green, short hair, and a tattoo <laughs> on, her sh- on her shoulder for the world to see. <laughs> How dare she? Peggy's scandalized. What? Is that a tattoo? <laughs> I know. And I like when the girl goes, yeah, you like it? And she just like laughs hysterically like, 
are you insane? Do I like yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> I do love this scene, though, because... So it's Annie DeFranco is playing Emily. Yes. Yes. I was so excited about this guest star. Yeah. So I I personally never got into Annie DeFranco. So I, for me, I was like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't. I never really listened to her. Did you? Yeah. I, I had a nice uh, Annie DeFranco period in college. And I got to see her in concert in Central Park once. And it was just super, super empowering. And oh, God, it was great. She's great. Is it Annie great. DeFranco? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's how I've always said it, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the authority. Whatever. Anyway, in the show, her name is Emily, (laughs) but you know, she's kind of saying, you know, what made you want to play the guitar? And Peggy says, oh, well, you know, I've, we had to make a choice between my son and my career. So I decided to stay home and, you know, Emily is picking up all these, you know, as a feminist, you kind of hear these things like, oh, well, my husband wouldn't like that. And you're just like, what? Your husband wouldn't, what? <laughs> so, but Peggy says uh, something along the lines of, oh, I just had some extra time. I figured why not. And Emily says, yeah, I thought the same thing too, but it turned out that I was looking for an outlet to scream or like scream my rage. Mm-hmm. I had something inside of me that needed to scream. And Peggy just goes, well, I don't know if Hank would approve of that, but. Well, I'll give it a try and just <laughs> scream. <laughs> I have to say, Kathy Najimy, in I think almost anything I've seen her in, she screams at some point, and it's so it's so good. I don't know. I don't want to say it's her signature thing, but she is a fantastic screamer. Yeah, she she has got the pipes for it. She would be an amazing metal mm-hmm. singer. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Which also, side note, I was thinking as I was listening to Peggy's song, I would love to hear a death metal version of that. So if anybody wants to give it a sh- give it a try. Oh, if I yeah. had any musical talent, I would, but I can't. So yeah, Ooh, that'd, be, that'd good. be fun. Anyway, so I love that scene. <laughs> I love that scene. I just love Peggy. And then she screams again. She's like, well, I think Hank yeah. will just have to get used to it. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, Emily comes over to uh, visit Peggy to talk to her a little bit more about the guitar lessons and encourages her to like, why don't you try writing the songs? You know, get your situation. What you were telling me sounds like something that maybe you want to sing about and get out and write a song about. And Peggy's kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess it would make me want to sing, thinking that she means it more in like you should sing out of joy for being a stay at home mom now. You know, Peggy's not really connecting it. She's not understanding that she's feeling restless and bored and unfulfilled because being a stay-at-home mother is supposed is like, you know, the the pinnacle of being a, a wife and a mom, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's not, it's a, being a stay-at-home mom is a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to do. It's just not, it, it's not her choice. Right. Right. She thought it was her choice, kind of, but not really. Oh, man, I have so much to say about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, you're never going to get to your exercise class. <laughs> no, I have no, to. I have to. <laughs> I know, no, I know. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I don't want you to. You have to hear everything I have to say. <sighs> I don't want to, but <laughs> I have ahead. to. All right. <clears throat> so Peggy says that she's like, well, I've, you know, I've, I kind of have got this little tune in my head about a turtle. You know, uh, it's how it's about both its home. Their sh- its shell is both its home and its prison. And, you know, uh, Emily interprets those feelings as uh those lyrics as Peggy feeling oppressed in her marriage to Hank. And she says, you need to definitely make that a song. You need to work on that. So Peggy continues to work on it and she's practicing it in the living room. And Hank is like losing his shit over it. I, Cause it says, you know, in this, in this synopsis, it says that Hank thinks it's just a song about a turtle, but I don't, I don't believe that. I think Hank gets it. I don't think he understands, but I think he's like, this is a depressing song. You know, I'm trying so hard to keep Peggy in this, you know, uh, stay at home mom role. And it seems like she's not happy with it. I don't think he fully understands that, but I think that's why he's so annoyed by the song. Yeah. And it's like uh, five seconds of her not devoting her time and energy to her family. Right. And it's just surprising how we find out how much Hank just wants her to be that. Though Hank labels Emily as weird, Peggy nonetheless invites her over for dinner. 
During the meal, Emily encourages Peggy to finish writing her song and suggests that she perform it at a Mother's Day recital, during which the performers take a pot shot at the holiday. Hank disapproves of the idea, of course, insisting that they've made plans for Peggy for Mother's Day. Uh, But Peggy is also just kind of like, well, I can do what I want. You know, she's kind of she doesn't really say it at that moment. But later on, she's like, it's Mother's Day. It's my day. I should be able to do what I want. On the side, on the side, we've got Luann. She's complaining to Bobby about not being able to concentrate uh, in order to study for her beauty exam that she doesn't even know when it is. <laughs> Bobby says to her, I think you probably caught my ADD. It's probably when I sneezed on you. And she's like, I don't remember that. And he says, well, you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> uh, so, you know. Luann's like, I need that pill. And she takes it from him and pops it. And that's the same day as the uh, Mother's Day recital. Uh, On that day, Peggy leaves. She's got the cheap old guitar on her shoulder. She leaves. She heads to the Mother's Day recital. We see Hanky goes inside. He's kind of, he's still pissed off about her, you know, leaving and going to the recital instead of spending Mother's Day with them. Until he goes into her office and sees like her substitute teacher of the year award and like her her little I taught the honor student at Tom Landry and he sees her calendar has gone from like full and busy to nothing with like clip coupons Mm -hmm. and then Mother's Day recital and big red letters with a smiley face. So she's clearly super stoked about this. He sees like her life goes from being full and busy to nothing. And this Mother's Day recital is all she's got. So finally... It fucking clicks for Hank. And he shows up to the Mother's Day recital, him and Bobby, and they bring Betsy, Hank's prized guitar, for for Peggy to play. Peggy is introduced by Emily, and Emily says, you know, this is a song about, uh, that Peggy wrote about her marriage or something. And Peggy's like, huh? No, it's just about a turtle. So Peggy (laughs) still doesn't even get it. (laughs) So Peggy doesn't understand how she's feeling either. So she takes the stage and she starts to perform her song. As she sings, the people in the audience are like shouting out jeers towards uh, Hank because she's uh, she dedicated the song to Hank. So they're shouting out jeers. They're like, ha ha. Yeah, fuck you, Hank. It's just a bunch of rowdy, badass feminists yes. all high fiving. <laughs> all high fiving. Like, that's right, girl. Your house is your prison. <laughs> yeah. One of them shouts, leave him. <laughs> Which I love that. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> so Peggy is like, oh, God, wait a second. No, I'm not trying to say I hate my husband, you know? So she kind of switches the end of the lyrics to be like, the peg the the peggy the turtle was right before she sank the turtle was saved from a love from a turtle named hank and song ends so she kind of is just like i love hank it's not about him (laughs) i like that one of the people in the audience just goes oh man what a cop out (laughs) yeah really shit the bed at the end of that song (laughs) peggy and hank and bobby all leave They've all come to understand that, you know, Peggy's not going to be okay as a stay-at-home mom. Hank gives some bullshit excuse like, oh, you're too much of a mother. No, she's a person who wants something to do outside of the home that's not just being a mother, okay? Anyway, yeah. so they come to this conclusion that, you know, Bobby was doing fine. He was – his – attitude and behavior has really improved today. I could really tell a difference. We'll keep him on the meds. And Bobby says, well, actually, I didn't take the medicine today. Luann wanted it for her to study for her test. So it turns out, you know, everybody's fine. Peggy didn't need to like quit her job. Nothing like that. Bobby doesn't need to be on Ritalin. And as we come back to the house, (laughs) Luann is off her gourd. She is. Yeah. She has sculpted the family's uh, shrubbery into beautiful sculptures. She's done an amazing job. She cooked their brunch and then ate their lunch <laughs> or brunch, <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> which I love that. And then we end with them all going back into the house and Luann tweaking. Yep. <laughs> and that's the episode. <laughs> Yay. That was hard. That was really hard to do. <laughs> you did you did great. Oh, I don't think I did. Okay. All right, Jackie. Go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thoughts. Well, and go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I have a lot of a lot of this uh, hits a lot of like uh, nerves, I guess, mm-hmm. for me. Uh, uh, as someone who has ADHD, it's it. I'm okay. So I was diagnosed with it twice as a like once as a child, once as a teen, and then once I became an adult, I kind of like just let it go. Mm. And I was like, ah, I don't, I think I grew out of it. And you know what? I don't think I ever really had it. And maybe it's not even a real thing. And then only in the past few years have I started to learn more about it. And only because other people have come to me and have said, have you ever been diagnosed with something? We think that something might be going on. And (laughs) I've had to like really kind of face it and accept that it's a real thing. And so I've, I'm still like a little bit sensitive about it because I really see those two kinds of perceptions in the world where I feel like half the people don't think it's a real Mm -hmm. thing. And then the other half of the people, if you disclose, like I have this disorder, quote unquote, uh, then they treat you like there is, I don't know, like you're a a weird baby that needs to be told when they're doing something wrong all the time because you don't know or something. So it was interesting to see that reflected in how they talked about it. It was really funny, but it was also just like, God damn it. Like Mm -hmm. no one will ever take this seriously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And everyone's just going to think that I'm like scattered and lazy or something. I don't know. Right. So I (laughs) wrote a bunch of notes about that and then I deleted a bunch of them because I was like, no one... ADHD is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. No one, I just wanted to like put that out yes. there. It's a very real thing. And, and I, I, um, it kind of drives me crazy that the number one way to treat it is with medication, but there's like no therapy for like teaching strategies or like understanding right. how it affects you specifically. So medication can be helpful, but it is like taking speed. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be totally relied on. Anyway, that aside, um, I also got real uppity at Peg, the whole Peggy having to quit her job and kind of being blamed for her son's mm-hmm. this quote unquote disorder because this has been a common theme throughout history. Um, I'm in the middle of reading a fat ass book about the history of autism mm-hmm. and there were just decades and decades where it was just based on no research. It was just believed that uh, autism is caused by bad mothers. <laughs> and so there were just decades and decades of, and and so therapy for that was not necessarily putting your child into therapy, but mothers would have to go into therapy. And all therapy was, was just admitting that you are doing a bad job and trying to figure out what you're doing wrong. Oh my God. And so, how long, how long yeah. did that happen for? I think that was around I think that was happening in like the 50s and 60s and then maybe in the early 70s, people were like mothers were finally just like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm a good mother. okay? Jesus. God, it just sounds like such a nightmare. Yeah, I know. Of course. Yeah, of course. It's because you're a bad mother, right? You're not raising your child properly or whatever. It's just, oh, that's infuriating. Yeah. So seeing that a little bit uh, happen a little bit with Peggy was just like, oh, God damn it. Like, so she's being blamed for this. Mm -hmm. And then her response is to like take responsibility for her son's ADHD by giving up all the things she's passionate about. Mm -hmm. And instead of Hank being like, well, I love you and I know that you love this. So maybe let's think about this before you do it. Instead, he's thinking about himself and he's just like, yeah, quit your job. Right. Give up everything that you feel passionate about because I crave some fake, false, idealistic version of what a wife should be or something. I don't know. But I I also wanted to take a step back and just say, you know, I'm sure some part of it is Hank maybe wanting to recreate the childhood that maybe he wish he had and didn't have uh, because he was raised by a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely agree with all of that. Surprise. Of course I agree with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. So it's, it's not only just like Hank thinking, Oh, this is, this is great. This is, you know, like good old fashioned family values. You know, Hank is all about old fashioned, you know, everything he's, you know, he wants everything to be the norm, which, 
you know, back in the day, old fashioned was the wife was at home, stay at home mm-hmm. mother. Dad went out, made the money. But I do also think that he's like chasing this ideal of a family life that he didn't have or that he's romanticizing his family, his childhood, where he was like, my mom was uh, a stay at home mom all the time and she fucking loved it. No, you know, he's first of all, he's forgetting that Cotton was insanely abusive and he probably didn't really want Tilly to work full time because it's like very abusive uh, partners use money as a ways of, you know, keeping them from leaving. It's control. It's control. Yeah. And also, you know, that turns out that Tilly was like, what are you talking about? No, I had a bunch of odd jobs that I did because again, you know, she didn't have a full-time job probably because Cotton was like, you can't have a full-time job, but you can do like little jobs that don't pay you enough to actually save money to get the fuck out of here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Hank has to come to that realization too. Like, oh, wait a second. My mom wasn't super happy being a stay-at-home mom all the time. Like she was pretty desperate to get out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that it, Hank is infuriating, but it's also like, well, there's of course the reason why is because he's got like a fucked up view of family values and he had a fucked up childhood. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, just the idea of him not just trying to recreate the childhood he wished he wished he had, but the fact that he probably really does, uh, what is it, idealize his childhood mm-hmm. and, and put a rosy filter on it because it was not rosy. He had a awful childhood. <laughs> terrible, terrible uh, father. So I I can I'm not as I, I'm not as mad at him uh, because he is a messed up damaged person. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. And you know I, I uh, oh yeah. sorry go ahead. No 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 go ahead. Well I was just gonna say on the Peggy front that I think that you know Peggy is she would never identify as a feminist ever. You know, no matter how much she might come across as one sometimes, sometimes, you know, she still has a lot of internalized misogyny and sexism for sure. So I I don't ever like Peggy is not I don't think her turtle song is about like, you know, so Emily is saying, oh, this is about you being oppressed by your husband. He's the one who decided that you should stay home. He's the one telling you what to do. He says that you can't use his guitar. You know, he values this guitar more than you, yada, yada, yada. Whereas Peggy, I think she just like she just craves a stimulating life. You know, she's happy to be a homemaker, but it's not enough for her. And I think that's where the song that's where the song is coming from it's not like fuck you hank it's more like i need a i need an outlet i can't be a stay-at-home mom 24 7 yeah it was a very abrupt change too almost no planning <laughs> it was just like all yeah. of a sudden boom she quits her job and that is such a huge part of her identity not just being a mother which she clearly loves very much but being substitute teacher of the year three times three years in a row yeah that's a huge part of who she is. Huge part, huge part. She loves to be an intellectual, you know, a teacher, somebody who te- like imparts wisdom on others, you know, that these are things that make her life full and she's, you know, having to give them up right away. Like you said with no plan, like, you know, just all of a sudden very abruptly. Now she's stuck inside <laughs> her home all day long. And again, I think a lot of us can understand how that feels like it, whether you have children or not being stuck inside and not being able to do the things that you like, or like even going out and, you know, interacting with more people. It's, it's maddening. So I feel you. You're Peggy. All Peggy. I don't have any kids, yeah. but God damn it. I want to get out of this prison. <laughs> yeah. This shell prison. Yeah. <laughs> Did any of that make sense? I feel like I went into a blackout. No, it all made sense. <laughs> okay, I feel like you wouldn't tell me the truth. <laughs> no, it was good. No. She'll find out when she listens back. <laughs> no, it all made sense. I just, I like had a moment where I was just like, man, I came in hot with these comments where I wasn't even just like, you know what part was funny? It was just like, this is bullshit. But, but it is bullshit. And, you know, it yeah. was it it was infuriating, even if we do, you know, we can't understand that. It's not all Hank bad, you know, Peggy good. It, it's, it's not about that, but it is still really annoying. Yeah. 1998 was an interesting time for feminism, too. I think the 90s 
what, maybe like the late 80s and early 90s was when feminism became like a bad word. And I was reading something about how it was, you know, like the first wave of feminism was all about like liberation and getting out of the house and being independent and being your own person. Um, And women in our culture just made this huge shift uh, moving forward. But the rest of the world did not evolve with them. Mm -hmm. So all of these women were empowering themselves by getting educated and having careers and but at the same time they were still expected to 100% take care of the mm-hmm. house 100% take care of the children it's not like the rest of the world was like all right well if you're going to work more then i guess like men will work a little bit less or they'll take over a little bit more responsibilities at home that like none of that happened so there came this women were kind of in a in a way set up to fail mm-hmm. cuz it's just it's just so hard to it's hard to be a mom full-time. It's hard to work, work full-time. It's almost impossible to do both unless you have money for a nanny or daycare, which has that. It's crazy expensive. And so it kind of just came to a head and all of a sudden feminism became this thing where it was just like bad. Like, look at look at what feminism has done for you. Like, you are bad at your job. You're also bad at being a mom because you're trying to split your time. And and so I think it went through like a kind of a weird period where it was, it was a bad word again. But I think around 1998, when this came out, it was starting to, I don't know if it was still in that phase. <laughs> like, what does Bill say? Like, I don't know. She's dressed kind of pro-choice. Pro-choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I love because every time I go out in public, I'm like, how do I make everybody know that I, I'm pro-choice? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure they can just tell by your eyeliner. (laughs) (laughs) My bright red lipstick, like a harlot. (laughs) (laughs) Bang. That's to cover the giant five head. I have to. (laughs) I'll have these bitches forever. I'm not a feminist. I just have a big forehead. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Jackie... (laughs) Besides being in angered, <laughs> yes, yes. Do you yes. have any favorite quotes or moments? Well, I have a few favorite quotes. Um, in the beginning, when Peggy's kind of playing with the idea of, oh, maybe you know, Bobby has this disorder. Maybe I should quit my job. But I mean, I can't imagine myself not working. Like that sounds crazy. Or she says something like that. Like that's that that would be crazy. And then. Hank says, um, now wait a minute, Peggy. Crazy is a strong word. You're just thinking out loud. Bobby's crazy. (laughs) I wrote that one down too. (laughs) And then um, let's see. The one where she's screaming, where she screams Mm -hmm. at her guitar lessons was hilarious. And then um, just this one quote by Hank when uh, he's talking to the guys in the alley and he's like you know the way peggy's been baking there isn't going to be a windowsill that doesn't have a pie cooling on it i'll tell you family values are again are in again at the hill house and i was just like oh my god it was just one of those viral moments i wrote that one down too and then my note was Ugh. <laughs> i know he is just so ready to make this to just believe this delusion. I don't know. Um, And then the only other thing that I made note of that we haven't touched on yet was just uh, when Peggy and Hank are at Earl's guitar shop getting Betsy tuned up. I noticed that Peggy's wearing her boggle jacket. Oh, and I thought that was really cute. Yes. God, I love that jacket. Yes. I love that jacket. Another thing, you know, like she's she has talents and skills and things that she loves to do like boggle. She's a champion. She's the Texas champion. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> well, what about you, Amy? Any other quotes or moments? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, so when, when they're talking, Hank and Peggy are discussing the possibility of her working from home. He says, he's mentions his mom. She's like, she didn't work a day in her life. And she, except for on our family. And she worked at that, um, she just kept making it stronger until the divorce. 
Yeah. Like he doesn't understand what he just said. <laughs> I also love uh, the scene where Hank is talking to Bobby about, you know, okay, you're, you're going to have to take a medication. You have a disease. He calls it a disease. <laughs> and then he's like, but it's not like a disease in your body. He basically just tells, he's like, it's more like a, a disease in your brain. And it's pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bobby just gives him this really proud, like, smile, like, oh, I have a rare brain disease. <laughs> I love that. Um, and uh, when Emily comes to the Hill House to uh, talk to Peggy, she goes, hey, I'm looking for the Hill House. And Hank goes, the Hank Hill House? And she goes, the Peggy Hill House? I was like, ah, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> And just us as a little, oh, and one other thing uh, where Peggy is about to go on stage and Emily says something like, you know, you, what you have to say might be complex. <laughs> and Peggy goes, turtles are complex. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I, I don't know. I that. Turtles are complex. Yes, they are. I loved it. I love that part. That's pretty much, oh, and I, you know, I love when. Bobby says, I love you, Grandma, and punches the cereal box. <laughs> yes. So good. Those are all I've got. And we saw Ladybird. No Dale ass. No Dale. Very little. No Dale ass. Very little Dale. Mm-hmm. All right. Listener comments. <clears throat> I heard the sound of your comments as your wheels hit the comments. And then your comments in the drive like cutting off. <laughs> And I push through the screen door and I sit out on the comments singing, fight, fight, fight at all comments. But I said, let you in, just like I've always comments. And I sat you down and offered you some comments. <laughs> across the kitchen table, I fired several rounds, but you were still sitting there when the smoke cleared. <laughs> Jackie DeFranco. Oh, I loved it. Jackie DeFranco. <laughs> I loved Anna DeFranco. Oh, oh, God. Jonky DeFranco. Jonky <laughs> <laughs> DeFranco. <laughs> We're losing it. We're losing it. We got to finish this. So uh, bleep loop <laughs> says uh, <laughs> obsessed with Peggy's near transformation to a leftist feminist in this episode broke my heart when she was like, and then they lived happily ever after in heteronormativity. Though, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <I know>. yeah. <laughs> oh, I wrote this down, but I forgot to say it by Crumb Dumpster. Bobby just in his riddle and haze at the kitchen table. And then he's just sitting there staring. And then he's just like, there's milk in the fridge. That's about to go bad. And then he. And there it goes. <laughs> I know that is such a good one. Oh. KK transponder. I cooked you brunch and I tuned your car and I fixed your mower and I ate the brunch. Cat dot burr. She has a tattoo, Hank. Don't you think a girl like that could use a home-cooked meal? <laughs> Love apple mint. Do I smoke it or snort it? I'll just pop it. <laughs> Bobby, you're so hip. <laughs> the Abby, the Abby Yo. I know she didn't mean to become one, but Peggy is a feminist icon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Mendozable also says <laughs> the audience yelling, yeah, leave him. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite part. <laughs> oh, I'm constantly doing that. Leave him. Dump him now. <laughs> the slightest implication. Just leave him. I know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, all those feminists too. And like the lady that's singing before Peggy is just, her song is just so, it reminds me of every like lesbian slam poetry night I've been to or, or just like feminist, like just, you know, talking about like, fighting with someone but then like sleeping with them and then like dumping their ass or something i don't know <laughs> i know it's so good everyone's just like yeah mandolin i have noticed that the boy's mind wanders sometimes when i'm lecturing him a mental disorder would explain that oh mozzie c137 get it tilly full-blown sex day for mother's day 
that's right. Hell yeah. Oh, here it is. Right dude here. Met this guy in my boxing class, slept with him, then I kicked his ass. <laughs> oh, That's God. what it was. Oh, I love you. Ew. God, why do we keep getting bots? This is so gross. What does it say? Donna into Manalaba. Hey, I am naughty. Watch me at my link, www.youwatch. Wait, no. Watchyou.net just for 18 plus. I'm naughty. <laughs> She's so naughty. She's naughty. All right, everyone. Go to that website. <laughs> if you're over net. 18, get over there. Can't afford a dot dot com. net. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a dot biz. <laughs> Don't call me Caitlin says Hank is infuriating in this episode with his old fashioned bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mozzie C137. Bobby, do you know who I am? I'm Luann, remember? <laughs> and then, well, I love, I just looked at this one. Shauna Rama says, he has ADD, Luann. He didn't get hit in the head with a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, here's, this was a, I remember this part. This part made me laugh so hard. Um, middle-aged stripper just put an emoji of eyes and then uh, money flying away. <laughs> best part in the whole episode yeah that part was wild so good oh mendozable as a former kid forced to take ritalin due to being adhd believe me this episode is real yep <laughs> the golden bison she's dressed a little pro-choice <laughs> crumb dumpster hank telling bobby he has a rare brain disease and bobby just smiling like a goof oh yay it's nasty cat nasty cat 11 <laughs> Nasty Cat. Nasty Cat is back. And Nasty Cat says, more of these magnificent stories. Nasty Cat is back and nastier than ever. (laughs) Nasty Cat. Nasty Cat. How'd you find us again, Nasty, you nasty kitty? (laughs) Nasty (laughs) Oh my god, I went... I went to Nasty Cat's page and it just says, please follow my main page, Nasty Cat underscore, underscore, underscore. And then under that, it says, we'll protect you from the virus. (laughs) Oh, Nasty Cat, my protector. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Jorg, hello. Home is a prison as well. Hits different now. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes. Mozzie C137, Boomhauer's mom. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. Was. Just a just a brief, brief bit. <laughs> what does this mean? Hello, friends, I'm Bob Dole. <laughs> Which I love that fucking Again? I love that fucking name. Says she's almost too turtly for the turtle club. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, I want to hear more from Hello, friends. I'm Bob Dole. I think <laughs> I love their <laughs> I love their takes on episodes. Where, I don't know if they. I, I think they're just fake. <laughs> yeah, but there there's enough of it. There's enough content for it to kind of make sense, right? Like it's not nasty cat or middle aged stripper, cat. nasty cat. <laughs> Or middle-aged stripper. Uh, Anyway, but okay, so Mandolin says, he goes out, people shout, not a whole lot more is known about him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. All right. Well, trivia. That's about that trivia. Okay, ready. Speed trivia. Speed trivia. All right. Dracky, Dracky, Dracky. What the fuck is your name? Jackie. <laughs> My trivia question is what is your name? <laughs> Dracky, fuck. <laughs> All right. What industry did Bill's ex wife, Lenore, work in? Oh, uh, uh, fucking inspiring posters. No. Yes. Inspiring posters? No, but close. What is it? Motivational poster industry. Motivational. <laughs> All right. Our question. How many ridges are on each checker? 96. Okay. Your next question. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Oh, God. Hurry. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Ah! 
What kind of gu- guitar does Hank own? Uh, a Harley Davidson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a Guild Solid Top 1963. Oh, Hank okay. loves a solid top. <laughs> I wouldn't have taken him as a power bottom, but he loves a solid top. If he could, he would just be a middle. A flat middle. (laughs) He would just be an observer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. My last question. What is Emily's phone number? Oh, fuck off. I don't know. (laughs) 555-8703. Is that all of your questions? Yep. Yay! And do you know what the next episode is? No. <laughs> oh. What it is propane boom. Oh my god, it's the last episode of season two. That's right. Oh, this one's a this one's a doozy dozer. It sure is. Wowie. Oh my god, I'm so you excited. Can bet I'm gonna be peeing my pants on purpose for this one. <laughs> You're dirty, dirty. Backwards, inside out panties. <laughs> My panties are clean. No, they're not. <laughs> I've seen them. They're skid marked to hell. <laughs> that's why I only, little tip, that's why I only buy brown underwear. <laughs> so you can never tell. <laughs> only by stench alone. <laughs> oh. That's my smell. <laughs> Oh, these are mine. (laughs) All right. All right. I got to (laughs) go. All right. On the count of three. Oh, uh, bye, everyone. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, uh, tell a friend, and we'll see you next week. And we love you. Yes. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. And a one and a two. One, two, three. Bye, Bye, Condio.